So they get away, but they're no closer to achieving their objective. Yeah. And we have this really interesting moment. Like, they're flying back in the dark. Um, and Jake's like, I knew the mood of my friends. I knew who would explode and when. I contacted them one by one in private thought speak. And it's Marco he speaks to first. It's just like, don't say a word, Marco. About what? About the fact that David was ready to, I don't have time to argue, Marco. Just don't. I never do that. I never hand out orders. Mm. Not in Maybe battle. you don't feel like if it's you not do. In but that, yeah, fair point. I mean, I am supposed to be the leader, but I don't give orders. I just don't feel like I have the right. But this time I had no choice. Run one wrong word and we could be in bigger trouble than we're already in. And David, I mean, was just like, you guys know I was just faking the big yuck out, right? Uh, and Rachel um, is just like, yeah, uh, yeah, right. And Jake just tells Rachel to shut up. Um, David, meanwhile, is on the defensive. I was never going to surrender and you had no right calling me a coward, Rachel. Maybe you're a coward. And Jake, just before Rachel can say anything, it's just like, Rachel, not one word. And then in this order, he contacts Tobias, then Axe, then Cassie. Message was the same. No one disses David. We all accept his story. We all play along like we believe it. And uh, David is just carrying on like this. Like, I'm the one who took him down, right? I mean, I got the creep, even though Cassie had been chewing on my leg, which was totally unnecessary. And they're all playing along. And Jake's like, you did great. Marco's like, yeah, I think you almost finished the guy off. Rachel's like, I was impressed. Then privately, Jake is just like tearing into David. <laughs> like no holds barred. Rightly so. And comments that he turned on Vissa 3 when he saw we might win. Um, and David, meanwhile, is like relaxing and starts bragging. Wasn't even scared. We had him. We had a score to settle. I would have taken him down. Only the way I played out, I couldn't. You know, because they got Cassie and all. And she's just like, yeah, thanks for holding back, David. I guess you saved my life. And he says, no problem. This motherfucker. This yep. tool. Uh, and he boasts the whole way back to the barn. And the rest of the kids are just reassuring him. And Jake isn't totally sure whether or not he's telling the whole truth. His instincts tell him that, uh, that David's lying, that he would have gone over to the Vissa and then he turned, like, as Rachel said, because uh, he saw how the wind was blowing. But he's not sure. And what he does know is they can't act like they're suspicious of him. Because if he was lying, they'd be warning him. And if he it could because if he's telling the truth, we're just they're just gonna destroy any possibility of trust. So they get back to the barn, Rachel has to run home to avoid getting grounded. Uh Cassie makes up a story about an injured raccoon. Uh Marco is toast, basically, unless he gets lucky and his dad has gone out on a date. Uh turned out no, Marco was gonna be uh doing fertilizing the lawn and losing TV. Axe and Tobias have no problems. Neither did I. Um, he speaks privately with Tobias and Axe, but we don't hear what it is. Um, and he flies home, demorphs, makes it look like he's sleeping in his bed, um, eats some food, leaves the dishes around for Tom to see when he comes home, uh, leaves the TV on, and then he morphs and then flies back to the barn to wait. Just like in the bed of Cassie's pickup, Cassie's dad's pickup truck. And he's at midnight, nothing, one o'clock, nothing. And he wants to be wrong. And he doesn't know what he's going to do if he isn't. And comments on how hard it is to be hopeful at uh, one in the morning. This child hiding out in the back of a fucking pickup truck in the middle of the night as it's starting to rain. Mm -hmm. Um, he able he ends up going into the cab of the truck because the keys are there. 
And, um, but he starts playing the scene over in his head and trying to work out whether it was telling the truth, whether it was a plan just to get Vissa 3, had Cassie gotten in the way. And he's just playing all the details in his head and trying, and he's like fighting, falling asleep. Um, and, uh, he's exhausted and he actually does, uh, doze off, but he's woken by Axe, uh, like loudly thought speaking into his head as an eagle is leaving the barn. And Jake, who, uh, Tobias, who's nearby, messages Jake, just like, I see him. Jake, I hope you hear me because we have a traitor. Jake tells Tobias to follow David. Don't let him see you. Uh, Jake and Axe will follow. Uh, Tobias spreads his wings, but before he takes off, he says, This won't be easy, Jake. In the dark, his eyes are as good as mine. We'll both be moving pretty slow. And Jake just tells him to do his best and begins to morph. Um, Axe is also morphing bird. Uh, but we, we keep getting this thing that golden eagles are faster than... A bunch of other birds and faster than red tails. I'm not sure if that's true. Mm. Um, it's just like it they are bigger, so they, in theory, can cover more ground. But yeah, it might like like people with long legs can go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Axe and Jake are in the air. They're flying hard. They keep calling out to Tobias, but they aren't getting any answers because like he's he's out of range. They don't see Tobias. They don't see David. Jake makes the guess that David is heading towards his old house, um, but he can't be 100% sure. Um, and he, while they're doing this, Axe uh, asks, if David is joining forces with the Yerks, what shall we do with him? Uh, because Axe already understands where this mm -hmm. is going. Um, Jake doesn't know what the fuck he's going to do. Um, and uh, as they're flying, just Jake keeps getting a terrible feeling in his stomach, and he tells Axe to keep an eye out for Tobias on the ground, because he thinks David may have attacked him. Uh, and Jake says, Axe, I do not know what to think. I just keep hoping this is all some big misunderstanding. How do we fight against a traitor, an anamorph? Um, they get close to David's house. Uh, they notice that there's a UPS truck uh, across the street just kind of hanging out, uh, <sighs> probably packed with controllers, uh, waiting for David to show up. Um, uh, neither of them see any sign of David or Tobias, uh, but David could be in the house. Um, Axe uh, rightly points out, this is a trap. And Jake says, yeah, I know. The Yerks are on the lookout for David, but if he's here, do they know he's here yet? Maybe they missed him arriving. Maybe he's inside and that hasn't been spotted yet. Or maybe he's undecided. Maybe he just needs to think about all this. That is a highly unacceptable number of maybes. Yep, sure is. <laughs> he tells Axe to land in a nearby backyard and uh, demorph and be ready to uh, basically run in to the rescue. Um and Axe protests. He says, no, I should stay with you. Um, and Jake says, no, I'm going in alone. If David can still be reached, that's the only way. I'd like to pretend that I was some fearless hero right then, but that wouldn't be real. Maybe there are guys who don't feel afraid when they're facing death, but I think those guys are called lunatics, not heroes. I was scared. I knew what was in the UPS van. I didn't know what was in that abandoned, scarred house. What I did know was that I had no time to morph into something else or to come up with clever plans. All I could do was fly in and hope. And then we get this fucking chapter. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to start reading. Um, because, dear listener, you need you deserve to hear all of this. Jake swoops down into the house uh, and sees a golden eagle on the upright bedpost watching a TV. Um, and there's another bird. A crumpled mass of feathers atop a wadded up sheet. 
uh, blood is seeping into the material. Jake cries out to who he presumes is Tobias, um, but there isn't an answer. The golden head turned its head. The golden eagle turned its head to look at me. He was following me, David said, trying to stop me. A voice in my head was saying no over and over again till it was one long siren wail. No, no, no. Tobias, I yelled again. No answer. I didn't know what to do. The eagle, David, was three times my size. I was alone. I strained my hearing, listening for breathing sounds from Tobias. David, you can't do this, I said as calmly as I could. Do what, Jake? Turn myself over to the Yerks? Of course not. You really think I'm dumb enough to try that? That's not what this is about. Then what are you doing? I roared, suddenly not so calm. What are you doing, hurting Tobias? Hurting him? Oh, he's dead, in case you were wondering, David said. Definitely dead. My mind kind of went numb as he spoke those words. I strained to hear breathing sounds from the clump of mangled feathers, but there were no sounds. I felt very weak, helpless. How could this be? How could I have let it happen? Why are you doing this? I pleaded. What choice do I have? The Yerks know me. My parents would turn me in. And you? You and the others? Hey, you made it clear the other night when you checked into the Holiday Inn, right? What was it you said? Something like, if you go around using your powers however you want, we can't have you around? You're a danger to us? I recognized the words. You think I don't know you were threatening me, Jake? David said. I'm not spending the rest of my life taking orders from you. You and Marco and Rachel and Cassie? You're like this clique or something. Like, do what we say or you can't be one of the popular kids. My family used to move around a lot. I was always the new kid in school. I got used to being pushed around by the so-called popular kids. That's all this is. This is like you and Marco and Rachel are the cool kids and I'm just the new kid, right? So you get to push me around? Rachel gets to call me a coward because I want to stay alive? I don't think so. You murdered Tobias because you think this is some stupid school thing? I yelled. Murder? I don't think so, Jake, he said with a laugh. He's a bird. You may kill a bird, but it isn't murder. I'd never do that. I wouldn't hurt a human. But hey, an animal? That's a different story. He stared hard at me with the laser-focused glare of a golden eagle. And what could I do? He was as fast as me, bigger than me. If he had outfought Tobias with all his experience, he would outfight me. What choice do I have, Jake? David asked, almost sadly. No family, no home, can't even step out in public as a human. Yerk's after me. The rest of my life I live in Cassie's barn. Do what I'm told, let Marco hammer me, let Rachel look down her pretty nose at me, and in the meantime risk getting trapped as a flea or something, or killed? Maybe you want to be the big hero, Jake, but not me. I have this power now. I'm going to use it. The Yerks will never stop looking for you, I said. They'll never find me. See, all I have to do is acquire some other human morph, right? I can be human for two hours at a time. I even have a person in mind. And using my powers, I can take anything I want. Anything. I can be a millionaire if I want. If the Yerks don't get you, we will. I said. Yeah, I know, David acknowledged. But already there used to be six of you, and now there are just five. Pretty soon, Jake, it'll be four. That's when the eagle spread its wings, flapped hard, and shot toward me. All right. So, listener, you and Jade have the benefit of reading this in the year 2021, 20 <laughs> years after this book came out. Let me tell you something about the experience of reading this book as a child when no other books had come out. Uh, you remember how last recording Jen talked about a moment in a book when uh, she yelled and threw the book across the room and had to like go take a walk? That's this. Fucking murdered Tobias off screen. I was uh, chatting to Danielle before we hit go on the recording. Um about what it's like reading that knowing that there are another 32 books in the series 
and still being horrified by that, but in a different way. Because mm-hmm. I read that and was just like, okay, wait, what? Okay, well, Tobias can't be dead because we know there's more books. Um, so is this actually Tobias? Is this a different retail talk? Is this a fake out? Or is Tobias somehow doing a fake out? Or is he actually dead and it's going to be some Elemist bullshit? Like, I don't know what is going to happen. Yes, I know, like, academically, Tobias is in the rest of the series. <laughs> but, like, it's a lot. And even with that knowledge, that doesn't, I feel, I didn't get an urge to slam my laptop closed and shove it across the room. But I definitely was just like, oh, fuck, okay. It still hits. And although my brain then goes on, a, okay, so is like trying to solve the mystery, as it were. And so it doesn't hit the same way as I can only imagine it did as somebody reading this story for the first time and having no idea what's coming next. Because there could only be two more books in the series after this, and that's it. Yep. Like, Elfanko dies in the first book. Death is very much on the table. And I think it's important because these books, as we've said before, are about war. And people die. And what makes this horrifying it's like the call is coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. Somebody they let in. Someone who's supposed to be one of them. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think they ever use the Escafil device again? No. Probably not. <laughs> when you have an experience like this, yeah, even no, though you w- now have this power. Yeah, why would you? I can understand the fear because it is, it is a fear of being hurt again. Like, I know, um, I'm not alone in the experience of having had, um, an abusive partner in my life and the lingering scars that that leaves with you. To have that compounded by the kind of, situation that these children are in as children mm-hmm. as a reminder like we've talked before like and this is like science there is so much going on with brain development in your teenage years everything is more intense it's why our memories and the things we care about as teenagers follow us it's why you know we're in our 30s doing an animals podcast mm-hmm. like I can understand from a uh, writer's perspective why having this happen, but that it's just such a gut punch. Mm-hmm. And you're like there with the characters and seeing Jake in this moment, Jake who always holds himself responsible for the others. And he told Tobias to follow him. Mm-hmm. You know Jake is blaming himself. Yep. And he cares about Tobias deeply. We know this. We've seen it in previous books. Like, it's not the same as the way he cares for Cassie, but, like, Tobias was the first man down. And that... There's just so much... Because this is different, because Elfangor was tragic to die, but, like, Elfangor wasn't Jake's soldier. Mm-hmm. But then th- this is also the sheer trauma of your friend seeing who you believe is your friend dead in front of you as a child. Mm-hmm. Like... That's nightmare fuel right there. That is, yeah. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, this other child is saying saying some straight up serial killer bullshit to your face. Uh huh. I wouldn't hurt a human. Makes me so mad. Mm hmm. Makes me so fucking mad. Yeah. Uh, this is why David. Everyone hates David. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert. Uh, he's awful. He's completed <laughs> his heel turn. Um, mm -hmm. If he was ever even remotely uh, facing a face direction in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to put in, point out a couple of things in his speech besides mm -hmm. Tobias. Um, uh, particularly with him talking about um, like, what is he supposed to do? Um, and... Uh, like, you and Marco and Rachel and Cassie are a clique. But then when he talks about the cool kids, he says, you and Marco and Rachel. Cassie's not included. Yeah, we have to wonder, is this because in his head he sort of, what we were talking about earlier with Cassie, is, mm -hmm. is it aware enough that Cassie isn't cool, that Cassie is utile, or he already views her as sort of something different? Mm-hmm. Also, and just like, how do you get such a wrong read on the situation? Marco has not been a cool kid in his life. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and also notice that he was pretty cool with Rachel until she turned on him. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, David. Does the pretty girl not like you? Mm -hmm. Does she think you're a prick? I mean, you are. But yeah, and yeah. the fact that he's still, and I'm not just saying that to be facetious, the fact that he describes her nose as pretty, yep. in that moment, it's just like, I wanted the hot girl to like me. Mm -hmm. That gets worse. Yay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and it, it, this whole thing of like, what choice do I have except to murder the Animorphs and go off on my own? You yeah. have many choices. That's like Cassie said, it's about character, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's like the underlying mm -hmm. theme yeah, maybe, here, I guess. Exactly. Maybe you want to be the big hero, Jake, but not me. This goes back to uh, last book we were talking about, Marco musing about signing up for the war once he finds out his mom is a controller. And, like, being reluctant until that point and now having a very personal stake in the war and fighting like hell for it. Like, Mar Marco, as soon as that happened, he's all fucking in. Uh -huh. Meanwhile, David, both of his parents are gone. The Yerks have taken everything from him. But. So no. he's just like, okay, I've lost everything, so uh, I don't care. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Fuck it. Mm -hmm. I'll do my own thing. Yeah. It's. It, if he were a different kind of person, I could understand it and like sympathize with it. Of, of that he's kind of just shutting down. But he's not written for us to sympathize with. No. It's like. Jay, I think it was Jake Observe. No, it was Cassie. Like, yeah, he seems upset about his parents, but not upset in the right way. Mm -hmm. Like, is he actually upset or is it an excuse? Yeah. It's like something of mine was taken from me. Yes. That is the vibe I get. It, uh, we have no real idea what his family life is like. We have absolutely no idea what his relationship with his mom is like. With his dad, we have uh, his dad came home early from work to catch him skipping school. So there's probably some antagonism there. Uh, and his dad tries to buy his affection with a lot of gifts. Like a cobra that he's not supposed to have. Yeah, like it, the fact that he has like a TV in his own bedroom and his own computer as well. Like thinking mm -hmm. about like the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 
I, David could be tragic, is he the could thing. Be. Yes. Yes. But that's not the story we're, we're, here, we're here for. Right. And it's, it's not even a matter of if the Animorphs had done something different, would this have ended differently? I think it might have taken longer to get to this point. Yeah, the journey might have been different, but the destination would have been the same. Yeah. Uh, David is fundamentally a different kind of person. Like, obviously, all of the Animorphs are different, but they are all heroic. Um, it's it's like if you like compare it to the portrayal of Chapman in, in the Andalite Chronicles. Yeah, just like some people are like that. Yep. Some people are just shitty. Yep. But this goes beyond that because we've seen like redemptive things happen with Chapman. Mm -hmm. We understand some of his motivation. Like we talked about how in the Andalite Chronicles that seemed bizarre. And like not really in keeping with where he ends up. But yeah, we know there are voluntary controllers mm -hmm. as well as like that. The fact that like also David really isn't interested in getting his parents back. No. He was clearly just like, okay, like, like Rape said, it's like going where the wind was like, like, how can I get ahead? Mm hmm. Who is the threat to me? Yeah. Who is keeping me getting what I want? Yeah. His goal here is to fuck off somewhere and live it up as a morph-capable human just somewhere else. That's his goal. And the thing is, his goal, like, I don't know, we're going to learn more about it, he wouldn't have had to kill anyone to get it he could have just done it mm -hmm. is the thing yeah there is a sadistic quality yes. to david yeah he enjoys hurting people yep yep because if he had just fucking flied off flown off I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> whatever. Because uh, I, I was thinking fucked off and just Both combined good. the yes, two in yes. my head. If he had just flown off somewhere, like, what are the Animorphs going to do? Drag him back? Like, like he's already, we've already seen a fucking, he got as far as the whole way in. He could have kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they were, especially once he morphed Eagle. And he was ahead of everybody. They couldn't attract him. Yeah. He could have been gone. Yeah. And, like, he makes all these noises here about, like, well, Tobias was following me. You yourself threatened me and said that if I don't fall in line, you're gonna, uh... Yeah, he's playing you're the gonna victim. Hurt me. Yeah. So... It's like, Tobias was such a threat to me. Just, like, yeah. fuck off. Uh, it's... Yeah, and and so he's ma he's making this argument of like, what else am I supposed to do? I have to defend myself, um, and uh, if you're not going to let me just go, then I guess I just have to kill all of you. Just like I don't see how you got from point A to B there, bro. Yeah, I I feel like you're doing some weird circuitous route here. Yeah, and it's like if they sat in fucking talked about this if they finished whatever the mission was and just fucking talked about it but in order to get there david would have to be a different person is what it comes down to yeah it it's the, with the person that he is as he is written no no wasn't wasn't gonna happen no so uh there's a rough and tumble uh, fight slash chase scene between the golden eagle that is David and the peregrine falcon that is Jake. Jake uses some really smart maneuvering, uh, doing things that a falcon wouldn't do uh, to trick David's eagle instincts. Um, David's playing fucking cat and mouse, which is its own level of disturbing. Uh-huh. Um, 
And uh, right about the point when they, like, Jake gets a hit in on David, um, and uh, David starts to demorph. Um, but of course, Jake uses that to his advantage because while David is demorphing, he's vulnerable. Um, and right about the time when things are going to get really ugly. Yeah, they hit the ground in the garden behind the house. Yeah, it's the hork come in. Uh, the the Hork-Bajir that were waiting in the UPS truck across the street mm-hmm. <laughs> come charging in. Uh, David and Jake both go out the window, fall down into the backyard, um, and David's already remorphing. Jake doesn't know what the fuck he's going to do because these hork are right on top of them. Um, and there's no way that Jake can get airborne fast enough. Uh, luckily, Axe is here. Um, Killer entrance. Killer from... entrance just jumps over the fucking pool. Soars. Uh, it's mm-hmm. described as soaring in. Um, um, I love how, like, at this point, just like, uh, we had this moment, just like, the Hawk Bajira pissed to see an Andalite. And Axe is just like, yes, Andalite, what a pity for you, yerk. Um, <laughs> and although, like, they're outnumbered, like, the yurks still have got a healthy respect for an Andalite mm-hmm. tailblade. Um, Axe scoops up um, Jake, leaps backwards over the pool. And Jake's just like, I didn't know you could do that. Axe's like, I didn't know I could do that. Um, <laughs> it's just adorable. Um, but the Hulk was here now ignoring David because there's an Andalite there. So mm-hmm. Axe runs. Uh, and the hawk uh give chase. Um, thankfully, um, uh, Axe is able to lose by virtue of a neighbor's swimming pool, um, which is enough to slow them down. Um, and Jake and Axe are able to get away seeing uh, David as eagle form fly off. Um, and <laughs> God, Axe, Jake is just like, I have to go after him. And Axe is like, wait till I can morph and come with you. Um, and Jake insists that they can't lose him and not to follow him, but to get help, get Rachel, because she lives close and she can use her owl morph to find them. Um, Axe wishes Jake luck. Um, he says, good hunting, Prince Jake. Um, and Jake doesn't do his normal response, um, because it's a running joke and now's not a time for jokes. And we get this exchange, which is loaded in so many ways. So uh-huh. I'm just going to read it out and then we can talk about it. Axe, I think Tobias is dead. I said, I think David killed him. That would be a most terrible thing, Axe said. Yeah. Get Rachel. If David's killed Tobias, we may have to do a terrible thing too. Get Rachel. I took to the air and raced after the golden eagle. The connotation of Jake mid grit in like fully in the throes of grief and panic knows enough about his soldiers that Axe will listen to him and the He's already made a decision about David in that moment. Yep. Okay. If he killed Tobias, he's dead. And Rachel's going to do it. He's effectively, in that statement, it's letting Rachel off the leash, as it were. And I don't like using that turn of phrase around a female character, but that feels like what it is. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Because Rachel is already ready. <laughs> God, that was a fucking sentence. She's ready to go. She already loathes David in that moment and is ready to end him. Yeah. And But we know how Rachel, that's just hyperbole. We know how much she cares about her friends and obviously the significance of her relationship with Tobias like when we saw her reaction to thinking Cassie was dead. 
Mm-hmm. And now there's somebody to blame. Or in this situation, there is somebody to blame. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Jake is able to do that in that moment, the smarter choice would be for him and Axe to go after David. Because then Jake wouldn't be alone. But that's the choice he makes. Because he feels David is his responsibility, so he's got to go after David. And he needs to pull a trigger. This is book just... 21 of 54. Uh-huh. It There's doesn't so much... get better. No, I know it doesn't get better, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> there is no better from this. No, it's... We, we'll get into this specifically, this decision of Jake's, a lot Ooh. in the next book. Um, Ooh. It, it is like... Uh, it is one of the core... Um, uh, conflicts conflicts thank you um, in, in the book is this is Rachel grappling with the idea that she is the attack dog she's the attack uh, she's the axe man as it were the one that yeah. brings it down yeah that Jake knows that Rachel can and will do these terrible things so that the rest of the group doesn't have to. And Rachel knows that he knows that. And it's just so tragic in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause one, these are children. Mm-hmm. Two, Jake, that's your cousin, whom you have known since you were in diapers. That it was interesting. Imagine growing up alongside someone and knowing they see you a certain way. And the fear that comes, unlike Cassie, who, bless her heart, does judge Rachel for it. Mm -hmm. Jake doesn't. No, he depends on it. And that's worse. Uh Uh-huh. These are very good books that are very upsetting. Yes. Let's get through this final chapter. Yes. They fly on through the night. Uh, The sun is, I believe, just beginning to rise. Like, it's just showing the signs on the edge of the horizon of lightning. Mm -hmm. Uh, They Mm -hmm. are flying uh, as fast as they both can fly over the school, over the construction site. Um, At first, Jake thinks that David is flying back towards Cassie's barn, but he passes over it. and uh, we get David calling back. You've been a long time in that morph, Jake. Better demorph. Um, and Jake says, not as long as you've been in your morph, David. Uh, which I guess is true. He didn't get all the way to human in the bedroom. Hmm. Um, and David says, I guess you're right. I was looking for the right place to do this, but I guess I'll have to take whatever comes up. God, that's uh, so gross. It's uh, yeah. It like he's been building this up in his head. Yeah, like he wants to have this fucking epic fight. Yeah, yeah. It so he flies down to the empty mall roof. Uh, Jake looks back to see if Axe had decided to follow him, but no, he actually he did what he's asked. He's gone to get Rachel. Um. 
and Jake flies down to the mall roof as well, uh, avoiding the area where he saw David land. Um, he watches and waits. He demorphs um, and watches and waits to see what David will do. Uh, and then he begins to morph. And he says, all right, David, you want this fight? You can have this fight. And he, mor he begins to morph Tiger. I felt the tiger's instincts welling up beneath my own. I had done this morph many times. I had long since learned to control the tiger's bloodthirsty instincts. But I didn't want to control them. Not this time. Not with Tobias lying dead. And David is there, 50 feet away, mane ruffling in the breeze. You never answered me, Jake, he said. Lion versus tiger, who do you think will win? Let's find out, I said. Uh, and they clash uh, extremely fast. Um, uh, they both get uh, hits into each other. Jake can't get uh, his teeth into David's throat because the mane protects it. Um, and Jake is using very much his battle experience to help get the upper hand, even though David is bigger. Um, and they so they clash they each land some solid blows and then jump back and then they're circling again he was as fast as i was i was bigger and heavier but not enough to matter much and he had that mane that kept my teeth from the one target they wanted most the arteries that pumped blood through his neck i stared into his eyes he stared into mine we were electric tingling bristling buzzing with power and speed and energy he leaped. We hit shoulder to shoulder and rolled across the roof. I was on my feet in a flash, but suddenly I realized I wasn't on gravel. My feet were slipping. My claws had nothing to grip. I was standing on glass, the skylight. Below me, I saw the dim night lights of the mall. I caught the strange, unreal glimpse of the Walden books and the baby gap beside it. It was a 20-foot drop to the upper mall concourse. David leaped. I couldn't grip well enough to move, so I stood defenseless as the tan blur came at me like a truck. He hit. His mouth was aimed at my throat. I jerked aside. He slammed into me, and there was a huge, world-filling shattering of glass. Down we fell. Down we fell, slashing and biting and trying to kill, even as the floor rushed up to slam us. And then, in midair, twisting to get my feet beneath me, I felt the teeth. I felt them sink into my neck. I felt the blood gushing. The tiger's blood. My blood. Falling. Falling. And already, the darkness. To be continued. <laughs> so, you know, this was a fun book as a child. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> That's a lot, y'all. Yeah. There's just so much of, like... <coughs> David has built Jacob so much in his mind. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Jake has a lot of power, but that power comes from everybody else just respecting him. Not yeah. necessarily because he's, like, the biggest and strongest, right? Yeah, but David we know has built that's Rachel. Up... Right. Uh, David has built him up in his head as the leader that mm -hmm. is his opposition and therefore the one who must be taken down in order for him to get what he wants. Yeah. Cut off the head, as it were. Yeah. Um, and... It makes me think, like, is his reaction after this, like, uh, wow, you were really fucking easy to take down? Uh, or is it, haha, I am obviously the most powerful because I took even Jake down? I don't know. Hmm. I don't remember, um, because I don't think we get anything from David immediately after. Yeah. Um,
That's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Just, it's so much. Yep. <laughs> Ugh. And it it just gets worse. I can't believe it gets fucking worse. I mean, I can. <laughs> it gets worse than this. But it's like. Eh. <sighs> I'm basically going to go and immediately read the next book <clears throat> again, just because I need I need the the conclusion. Mm-hmm. Need the catharsis. Just I, yeah. mm. uh, I might uh, read it at work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I lunch break. So let's look at our ending questions, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're leaving the rankings. Right. Um, for the trilogy to be completed. Favorite part? Uh, I think my favorite part um, is the... Uh, that last confrontation in David's old bedroom mm. because it is it it is so chilling like it's yeah. bone chilling to read it's so well written um what about you i'm not sure like there's so many interesting beats it's hard like I think, like, from, like, a cinematic and, like, narratively satisfying, it, that chap, that final face-off. Because mm-hmm. um, I like how much it's a reflection of the one in the hotel. Yeah. Because, like, they're there in a room, there's a bed, there's a TV on in the background, it's a uh-huh. face-off. I love me a good parallel. Yeah. From a character point of view, I love... The chapter is they're flying back, where Jake mm-hmm. is, like, seeing Jake in action like that is, like, just roiling in the aftermath, knowing that shit's about to get worse and what mm-hmm. just happened. And this moment of relative quiet as Jake just sort of, like, tries to stop the whole thing from going up in flames in that moment and succeeding in it. Mm-hmm. It's a very good, like, I suppose, second act bit. Like, it's very well executed, very satisfying to read. Yeah. <sighs> Did anything surprise you? Well, you know, I wasn't really expecting... The th- a theoretically dead Tobias <laughs> to be th- thrown at me. I was, I didn't expect the book to go there. Mm-hmm. Like of all the things that could have maybe happened, I didn't expect him that David to go full off. Oh yeah, I killed him. He doesn't matter. He's a bird. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. Like hurting Tobias, I could see happening but yeah nah that definitely like oh shit yeah do you think it was out of character or a step too far for david to do that Mm -hmm. i don't think it was a step too far i just don't think i realized Mm -hmm. that that was going to happen then in -hmm. the narrative i guess Mm -hmm. When David seemed so like sure of himself that he was in the clear, as it were, like it, it that would felt more like the move of somebody cornered. Yeah. If it he was gonna me, go, mm-hmm, please. It makes me think about all of the the boasting and shit that he's doing on the flight back. Mm-hmm. Is a show. Like, all the while Jake is talking to the others and telling them not to say anything, David is thinking. All right, so how am I going to recover this? Yeah. And it I don't know. I think I think David was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think he was expecting yeah. the other shoe to drop. And mm-hmm. so when he found Tobias following him, he was like, "Ah, yes, here it is." 
uh, now it's time to spring into action. Because he's the kind of person who has like uh uh contingency plans. Thank you. You're you're like right on top of all the words I can't say today. Um He thinks he's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. He very much is painting himself the hero of his own story. Mm-hmm. What about you? Reading this again, knowing what this trilogy is about, even maybe not knowing what or exact order things was there anything that caught you off guard reading this book? Um I'm trying I don't think so. I had a pretty solid take on the major events of this book sure um like i remembered i remembered breaking into the hotel uh and jake having a talk with him about it and i remembered the hologram within a hologram within a hologram and uh the the final tobias and jake stand uh thing um yeah I guess I maybe I expected a little more from the other animorphs. I feel like in some ways we didn't get as much from them. Cuz like we're we're so in Jake's head. Yeah. That I feel like uh, apart from like the one conversation with Cassie maybe we're not as connected to the other Animorphs because the, the David Jake dichotomy is so large and, and attention consuming. There's also something to maybe observe about the way Jake holds himself separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I maybe expected more pushback from the others. Or that, like, the the scene with Visser 3 was more dramatic than what it was? Sure. But I think I might just be confusing it for fanfic. <laughs> Word. I have run into that particular <laughs> thing in my life. Um, when the fanon bleeds in. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, not, not really surprised, just like, huh. Uh, was there any part that didn't make sense to you or that you didn't understand? Nah. I'm more amused by hologram within a hologram within a hologram than anything else. <laughs> like, it's okay. really pretty silly. I kind uh, of needed that levity, though, I've got to say. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really did. Like, yes, please. If we're going to have this kind of, like, Ted's like, please give me... Visa 3 in full-on fucking Disney villain mode. By the way, the actual banquet's tomorrow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, <sighs> just half expected him like, to break into song, like full-on, like, Jafar, Scar, like, mm -hmm. that whole vibe. Mm -hmm. It's very good. It makes me wonder why the Animorphs thought it was that night. Probably because of the way Tony was talking about it, right? Because he does say mm. later today. Maybe. Uh, mm. Or maybe it was going to be a, meant to be a rehearsal, and I don't know what excuse they gave to the other controllers, so or to the other non-controller humans. So I don't know. Can I find it really quick? Da da da. Okay, so we have, I'm telling you how I want it. I want the main table further back, closer to the podium. But how do the President of the United States and the other heads of state get from the table to the podium? The President and the other heads of state will rise from their seats and travel down along the table, past the photogs, and around the back of the pillar, then up onto the podium. Tony, that doesn't make sense. 
Uh, don't tell me what makes sense. I've spent weeks working all this out. If so, then why did you tell us something totally different this morning? You must have misunderstood what I said this morning. I don't see how. Look, Sheila, let me make this simple for you. I am the White House Chief of Protocol. This is my show. Where Who sits where is my business. Your business is to make it happen. Uh, Tony, you don't have to get, look, just do it. Well, okay, but there will be no time to change your mind again before the banquet. You know the Secret Service detail insists on knowing all the specifics well in advance. I won't change my mind. Potus and the others will approach the stage from behind that column. That's final. And that's it. So clearly they make an intuitive leap then. Yeah. Or we've just found a little plot hole. Yeah. I think they're in one of the fanfics that I've read, um, what they actually do is they loop the chi in a bit more. Um, mm. And it's Visser 3 trying to root out spies by giving different people different information. Mm, and whichever one the Animorphs act on, that's the spy. Oh, very cool. Um, and like... All like, hell of riders. Yeah, it, it's very good. Um, uh, and it actually, it gives David a little more utility because he make, he's the one who puts it together because his dad is a yeah. definite person. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if Eric told them the date and just got it wrong because mm -hmm. something like that is happening behind the scenes and we just never hear about it or if it really if, I mean it's probably just a plot hole who am I kidding yeah eh. oh well why don't we it's wrap not, this it's up, up too, yeah let's wrap it yep uh, my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their home podcast, Follow the Leader, at FTLcast. Uh, they just wrapped up uh, their most recent season. Uh, there's some really phenomenal character work going on. You should definitely check them out. Um, they also recently wrapped Sagas of the Sunless Reach, uh, which you can find all the uh, recordings of on YouTube. On the Standing Stones YouTube. Um, go check it out. They had a fun and exciting time doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you can also <laughs> catch them uh, on Dumb Kids Playing Hero, along with myself and several of our other friends, uh, which is an Animorphs-inspired actual play podcast. But if you didn't know that by now, um, you, tune you out must have just off. jumped in. Yeah, or you just uh, maybe switch off hit stop on the podcast episodes before <laughs> or you just discount anything that's not read about anime. no judgment no judgment we have this thing we think you would like it check it out that's mm -hmm. dkph pod on twitter <laughs> and my co-host has been the inimitable danielle you can find them on twitter at redtailedhawk90 and our their games at itch.io, also Red Tailed Hawk 90. And their home podcast is The Room Where It Happened at Roomware Pod. Uh, if you're into found family, workers' rights, robots, feelings, <laughs> queerness, good things happening, good people trying to make the best out of bad situations and taking down corrupt governments and shady people, check it out. They're coming to a close on their second season. It's been a lot and it's very good. And you should listen to it. Roomware Pod on Twitter. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's do a clap. Let's uh, do a heckin' clap. At 40? 40. 40.